This is an Area Code podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Sweet Tea. Hi, welcome to Sweet Tea. It's me, Portia. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess I'm Jasmine, huh? (laughs) Listen, we gotta stop doing this because somebody told me they have a hard time telling our voices apart. doctor's office the other day you know people can't hear behind the masks and stuff mm-hmm, and uh mm-hmm. so i was like enunciating my words and i cannot tell you how many times this black lady behind the counter like for the hundredth time a black person in mississippi was like oh and you speak so well like <laughs> like what does that mean this is called raised in the suburbs <laughs> all right girls so, so what are we chatting about today girl we are talking about shame and womanhood mm-hmm. today. Uh, we've right. been saying that we're going to talk about it. We've been saying we're going to talk about shame and womanhood forever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of care a little bit about this. <laughs> I know. So, um, yeah, yesterday on my Instagram, I put up some, some hold on, girl, introduce okay. the topic while I make sure these children are not <laughs> killing themselves. All right, I got you. Go on. So, we are um, we're talking about shame and womanhood, and just basically um, roles of women, and I guess you could even say to some degree, like this crazy system or level of importance that we kind of ascribe to uh different roles that we have as women i I think it's a i don't think it's a biblical system (laughs) uh in most cases it's just i guess norms that we've adopted from culture or different things like that and so sometimes i guess it, it becomes hard waters to navigate particularly for women who don't fit inside of those norms like okay prime example i just watched a video from this obgyn that i follow on um instagram and she was just basically talking about you know being cognizant of the fact that you know mother's day is sunday and don't just run up to every woman over the age of night over the age of 19 saying you know happy mother's day (laughs) she's like if you want to greet them try a few other things like saying hello or good morning or something but and she was like while there are a lot of norms that suggest that this is what every woman should be doing at a certain you know age that's not necessarily the case and so she was saying like if you're struggling with that urge just don't do it. Just be more mindful of the fact that everybody isn't a mom. 
You well, know? and have you noticed though that people try to like bend it around? Like, I just did a quiz on my Instagram about my women in my mm-hmm. book that I'm writing, Carved in Ebony, and I said, "How many of the women in the book do y'all think raised more than one kid?" And the answer is literally zero. Women in in Carved in Ebony raised more than one kid. Um, mm-hmm. Sarah Maps Douglas got married for a while to a widower for two mm-hmm. years, and he had ten kids. That's the closest we got. But then mm-hmm. when he died, she went on her life. Um, so, but people are like, okay, yeah, but like, even though they didn't like have kids of their own, they still mothered other people. And it's like, y'all, y'all are bending backwards to try to fit this norm on everybody's Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. True. Some women are mothers to other people who, Mm -hmm. when they don't have biological or adoptive children of their own, Mm -hmm. but some are not. And that's right. okay. And me right. being a teacher is not the same as being a mother. Right. And me being a mentor mm-hmm. is not the same as me being mother. Right. And me being a spiritual mother is not the same as me being a mother who is raising her kids day in and day right. out. And that's right. okay. I think we have to, like, we really have to change the way that we think about motherhood so that mm-hmm. it's not this gift that's being withheld from women right. who never bear or adopt right. children. I- I think in our efforts to, and this happens with so much, we've seen this happen when it comes to, um, well, I don't even want to get into that because that's going to open up a whole nother floodgate, but we've seen, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't do the the complimentarian like that because that's what I was thinking. In our efforts to try to be helpful, Mm -hmm. um, and try to help women appreciate if they are moms to right. understand or appreciate right. their calling, so to speak, as a mom. We begin to make all these other like prescriptive that things. pendulum swings. Yes, yes, yes. Right? So we went to the extreme right. in our effort to help women who actually do have children. Mm-hmm. We know there's not any ambiguity about what God has given you because you got these babies. In our efforts to help them and encourage them and to show them that motherhood is a delight, we let the pendulum swing yes too far to the other yes. side. It's not just like you're a mother and this is how you're serving right now and that's amazing. It's like mm-hmm. motherhood is the best. It's the be all end all. It's the mm-hmm. and and but people don't understand, you know, because I had noticed yesterday when I did the the Instagram quiz, people were like, "Okay, but like this this when you say that motherhood is the highest calling of 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 any woman, then it leaves out women who are not mothers." Very right. true. Very true. Exactly. exactly. And it also does a disservice to women who are mothers because my highest calling is not to be a mother. Right. Your highest calling is not to be a mother. My right. husband's highest calling is not to be a father. Portia, please. Right. Tell the people <laughs> what is our highest calling? Honestly, to glorify God. Now, and can we do that through things like being a mother yes. or having yes. it? But somebody yesterday in the comments, it was so good. I, I should have screenshot it. She was like, I am tired of this obsession with making a list of of callings and trying to like prioritize them in a hierarchy mm-hmm. like why can't our calling just be to glorify god in whatever, in whatever status way. he's put up mm-hmm. right it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like well i'm single so my highest calling is x i'm married mm-hmm. so my highest calling no our highest calling is glorifying god and then the way that mm-hmm. breaks out and breaks down it's gonna, gonna be different, different depending on That's what's what... going on in your life mm-hmm. absolutely you know, it makes me really 
wonder like I think this this also has a lot to do with pride and I, I said this I taught on Galatians last night and hey, I, remember, last night. I, I knew that was coming I knew that was coming but last night we were talking and I told them on the my ministry why... she shall be called where I minister to just like a wide variety <laughs> of women which is like my passion <laughs> I just, I, y'all, I don't like her. I talked about Galatians. <laughs> That's what I talked seriously, about. Seriously, but listen, seriously. Like we were talking about the gospel, and we were talking about, you know, in, in a nutshell, for those who are listening, this is not to insult your intelligence, but just assuming that you don't know, the Book of Galatians is a is where Paul is basically telling this group of Gentile Christians who are being influenced by these Judaizers. Mm-hmm. Um, these Judaizers are trying to convince them that circumcision is necessary for salvation. And Paul is telling these Gentile Christians, those who are not familiar with the law or things like that. He said, I already gave you the gospel. I told you what, what was real. You know, you are saved because of Christ, period. There is no additive. And so we were talking last night and I said, the reason why there's a part in chapter five where, uh, Paul was talking about the offense of the gospel. And I was telling them, you know, sometimes it's almost as if we seek to try to be more offensive, mm-hmm. but the gospel in itself, the cross, the message of the cross carries offense. Why? Yep. Because the cross says that you need a savior. And so the reason why I'm, I'm drawing a connection here to what we're talking about. The reason why it is so offensive is because we want to feel like we did something like yeah. we accomplished something and we take those same, like it's, it's, it's not just in matters of how we view the gospel or how mm-hmm. we understand the gospel, mm-hmm. but it becomes like it, it literally infects every part of our lives. So even That's with like- mother motherhood, I want to feel good and feel like I did something. So I'm going to boast that I am this super bad mama, you know, that I can, I can cook, I can clean, I can take care of the kids. I yeah. am living or even boasting how point. hard it is. Right. Right. Like, right. I am just, right. I, this is hard. I am in the mud. I am in yes. the trenches. Like you think it's hard having a career. It is even harder being like it's it turns into this like contest of how hard Felicia Masonheimer talks about this um mm-hmm. you remember that talk she did on Instagram live about um what did she what did she call it she always does very good I know good it was like asceticism in motherhood or something of that yes, nature yes, yes you know exactly yes. what I'm talking about and she was talking yes. about how in motherhood there can be this temptation to just like the harder it is the holier it is and so we and have to not- yeah, right. And it's like God. That's God's way true. is hard. Like just like you said, the gospel is already offensive. He's already asked for everything from us. Okay, yes. we don't have to paint we a picture to make it. No, because right. he's already got to add anything to it. Like your dishes, your diapers, your all the sacrifice that you're doing on a daily basis is like mm-hmm. a tiny picture of what God is asking from you. Like mm-hmm. he asks exactly. for so much more. Than what our careers, than what our motherhood, right. than what our wifehood right. can give, because he asks for every right, thing. and we want for us, we want to rationalize it and we want to attach something to it, kind of, sort of, to, and it's not because 
we really are about God's glory because mm-hmm. if we're about God's glory, whether we are moms, whether we're scrubbing the toilets, whether mm-hmm. we are working in a community or whatever, then you're going to know that that's all being done. Or yep. you're going to, I guess, um, you're going to be confident in the fact that I'm doing this to the glory of God. Right. But we make these little attachments to certain things because we want to feel like, well, I did that. You know right. what I'm saying? Or right. I, I had something. It's almost, and I, this is what I told the ladies last night. I said, it's really, we have a um, proclivity as sinners. We have a proclivity to want to try to rob God of some of his glory. Yes. That's really what we do. And so we say these things. It's not really, a like I said, even when we say these things, well, I'm operating in my highest calling. Right. I think underneath that is really not a heart that is committed to bringing God glory in all things. It's a heart that's wanting to feel glorified for operating in this way. And I feel like God honors that more than he honors X, Y, and Z. And it's just, making it's, sense. Yeah, and it's wanting to be noticed. And I think that that's where the yep. that's where the shame comes in. And I'm not going to talk about y'all. I'm going to talk about me because mm-hmm. shame is my lifelong companion. It is my best friend. I don't want it. It's my broke best friend. It don't bring nothing to this relationship. <laughs> I keep telling it to hit the road. It keep on knocking. I keep on letting mm-hmm. it back in. We we working on mm-hmm. that toxic relationship that we have. But mm-hmm. shame is the way that I define it is a guilt that does not come from conviction it doesn't come right. from the word it doesn't come from it's what god requires of me exactly it, mm-hmm. 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 It's, it's a, a condemnation, condemnation which is totally it comes from the flesh con- it comes from right. my flesh it does not come from the spirit mm-hmm. and it comes from those should statements mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. that surround motherhood and womanhood and i can't blame anybody else for that because it's up to me what I decide mm-hmm. to let in, what I decide. If I'm walking with Jesus and I'm in the word, that shame gets quieter and quieter. If I'm not in the word and I'm exactly. craning my neck and looking around at other women and what they're doing and what their expectations are, the shame gets louder and louder. Come and I have just noticed this tendency with womanhood where we are not enemies of shame when it comes to biblical womanhood. We're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If your child mm-hmm. cries when you go to work and you feel bad, that means you're supposed to be at home with your kid. That's that's there it is or if if your husband and you are not getting along and all of a sudden you start getting along when you stop bringing his sin to his attention that's a sign you need to stop bringing up his sin you know what i'm saying it's that it's that like instead of actually actively Mm -hmm. dealing with our feelings and grappling with where they come from we just do whatever it takes to silence the shame. So right. if silencing the shame means just keeping my head down and staying home and doing what, you know, doing what I quote unquote should do according to whatever biblical womanhood guru is out there, if that's what quiets the shame, I'm going to do mm-hmm. it. Instead mm-hmm. of taking the harder road and saying, God, what do you want me to do with this shame? Right. Am I supposed to be walking with this? Is it supposed to be right. the loudest thing in my life right now? Is it supposed right. to be what's motivating me? Or is my quest for your righteousness supposed to be what's motivating me? And I can honestly say that when it comes to womanhood, often in the history of my life, and I'm only 31, but I feel like I've gone through some changes. <laughs> right. Um, shame has motivated me a lot when it comes to womanhood. Right. What I should be doing, quote unquote, um, what other people expect of me, what is honestly just easiest the thing that makes the same Mm -hmm. shut up is the thing that i do instead of the thing that brings glory to god even if shame is a tool the enemy uses to try to keep me from doing that thing 
agree. I, like, I ain't got nothing else to add, man. Because I, that's a whole wor- word Girl, right there. Whole... That is a whole word. Girl, yeah. So it's just, it's, it, we have to be so focused on what God's word actually says and what he actually requires of us as women that the the shame that people try to put on us with their extra biblical expectations just screams this is an mm-hmm. extra biblical expectation like right. even the idea like motherhood is our highest calling okay cool where i would love to learn more about that where's where's that verse right like right execute right. that for me because i want to hear like because if that's what the right. bible says that's what i want to know right like i'm not trying right. to get out of what god wants me to do so like show me right or marriage right. is the highest calling for a believer. Okay, cool. Show me that verse. I want right. to. I want to be in the Word so that I can exegete that and be faithful to that calling because I right. care about what God's Word says. And so many of those and things just fall flat of actual biblical exegesis. Support. Yep, it doesn't. And I think, like I said, really what it is is that what we've already kind of talked about is in our effort to try to be clear about what I say, the things that are in our hands, knowing Mm -hmm. and not neglecting the things that God has given us or not despising the things that he has called us to in our effort to try to encourage, you know, uh, I guess you would say an appreciation for that. We've just let, we've let it, we've let the pendulum swing too far to the other side. And it reminds me of like, you know, just being careful with what we say and how we say it. Mm-hmm. Like what if you're trying to convey the point of not despising motherhood and you're a mother, then just say, okay, this is something that you don't have to wonder. This is something that God has called you to because you yep. got these beautiful babies, yep. you know, honor God in this calling. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you don't have to beep it up to the point where this is the highest calling that right. you can have. And if you're not doing this, then you're not pleasing God. Right. It's also, I think, Portia, it's a way to bypass relationship. Because yeah. if I'm in a relationship with you and I intimately know your life, like, look, Portia, you could walk into my house right now. You know what it looks like. And depending right. on what's going on in my life, you could be like, Jasmine, why are you working right now? Girl, this house looked like a hurricane you need some help you good you need to scale back but right. you know me you know right. that i'm pregnant you know that i'm sick you know that i right. have a lot of deadlines right now you know this is not right. now my life is gonna look like a year from now you know you know there's all these things right. that you know because we're in a relationship with each other so you don't have to give me these blanket blanket yep Right. You can, you can speak to my particular situation and be a friend and be a discipler to Mm -hmm. me as an individual. And really, really the spirit can really guide you to speak into my life and has Mm -hmm. before to where Mm -hmm. it's like, there've been times in our relationship where you're like, I really think that you need to stay at this job, Jasmine. Like, I agree with you. God is calling you to it. And spoiler alert, like I'm not going to be teaching next year. And for that conversation, you know me, you were in my life. So you were able to be like, yeah, no, I think it's time to move on. It's time to prioritize other things. But I think if you don't know the other person and you're just kind of giving these blanket proclamations, that's where things get dangerous. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, I'm gonna even go here because I guess the the question is at this point. So like, why? How did we get here? And I think a part of that is because we are flooded with so much 
like advice and information from the people that we follow and and like mm-hmm. listen, I want mm-hmm. y'all to be clear. I am not saying that following somebody on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media channel that you that's your thing. I'm not saying that like follow us because you get you you know the more followers you got that we are writers. Right? (laughs) We are writers, we are speakers. If we don't have an online presence, then we don't get hired. So like that's definitely not what she's saying. Follow us. And follow of course she wants that swipe up. Okay, that's it. Okay, go back to what she was saying. (laughs) That's your plug. But literally everybody knows that I I have this thing. So I'm not saying that it's inherently bad to follow people but what I'm saying is you have to check your motives and you Mm got to understand that the people that you follow are not in community with you and so if you need you know there may be and I'm not saying that you can't glean good things from the people that you follow you can but if you are looking for somebody to kind of walk alongside you Mm -hmm. to really you know like i said where there is a a discipling type relationship or just even like i said general community right you're not gonna get that from somebody that you're following so everything that they say is not going to be applicable Mm -hmm. to every part of your life and you gotta be discerning enough to know like okay, I can take this, I can glean this, but maybe this part over here, I need to have somebody who is in local fellowship with me who can maybe speak to that a little bit more. And you also need to know the parameters of your own life. Because like, Felicia, again, Felicia, I'm gonna keep picking on her because we both follow her. (laughs) Um, And we both both love Felicia. Right. That woman is the most productive woman I've ever seen on the internet. She is very productive. If I I love her systems. Yes. If I struggled with envy, mm-hmm. she would be the one. Right. And, like, and maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe, maybe if we're in a position in our life where, you know, we love five, but if she's calling us, causing us to struggle with envy, maybe we need to not unfollow, but maybe just mute her for a little bit, come back around, be like, you know what? Right. I'm swamped. This is making me feel right. shame. That's not her fault. That's not her fault. That's not her, her fault. That's not, even, not that's not even her platform. That's not even right. what she's about. Right. How so, she operates isn't it like that ain't got nothing to do with you, boo. Right. So now, take responsibility. There are things mm-hmm. that I've watched her do that I've gleaned and I said, hey, you know, that's good. Yeah, I'll try and that. I would like to. I, yeah, I'll try that. But in terms of making her life and what she how she operates the standard, like you mess that's up. That's not good fam. for either like, one of y'all because it's going to cause you to all. sin against her. And mm-hmm. it's going to cause you to feel shame in yourself. That's going to take your eyes off of Jesus. Because right. eliminating shame is not about, oh, I'm amazing now. I feel mm-hmm. I feel great. No, eliminating shame is about eliminating the distraction from the cross. Because shame has nothing to do with the cross. It's all about navel gazing. Shame is all about covering yourself yes. up with fig leaves. It is not about getting covered by the grace of God. Yes. Shame is Adam and Eve yes. in the garden. Like uh, we was hiding. That's shame. Right. Right. That's right. not fellowship. And so when we say like getting rid of shame, we don't mean like being quote unquote shameless in the sense of like, I do what I want. I am right. who don't, I don't want. Swing, I, don't swing the, the nah. pendulum all the way to the other way. Nah. To where because then, because then you're, you're letting go of <laughs> conviction too. You're letting right. go of, we want right. you to let go of condemnation, not right. conviction. The conviction right. needs to stay. Cause that's what God uses. The spirit right. uses that in our life. Um, but yeah, I just think like when we're following people, like if you're following, following Felicia is making me feel, you know, and I don't struggle with envy. Um, God needs to work on my heart because we all know I'm funny style. So when people have something that I don't have, I'm just like, well, that's nice. 
it's good yeah you're really productive that's cool i'm not like that but uh that's awesome um Mm -hmm. which i need to be more aspirational at times because i'm just like i'm good (laughs) um but you know maybe you are not in a position to be able to stay at home with your kids right now and there's somebody else that you're following who is able Mm -hmm. to stay home with their kids and maybe that's causing you to feel envy and maybe that's causing you to be discontent Mm -hmm. in this season that god has you in right this minute right mute that person right not because right. they did anything wrong, because they probably didn't. They probably but didn't. You got, right. Or 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 take a break from social media just altogether. Take, just, if it's if it's too much, yes. like take a break altogether. There were seasons of my life where I just completely had to pull back because I I had not matured enough as a believer to be able to handle some of those things. You know, I mean, I be unfollowing Portia because she get on my nerves whatever she does i'd be like i'd be in the bed looking like a potato all sick and like you know and then she'd be on there like looking all amazing and be like talking about jesus and stuff i'd be on following her i just don't follow well, her know, follow her again it's listen, whatever i'll be looking amazing all the time but you know listen i'm gonna talk about jesus if if they can't come to my page she with nothing else, gonna be looking here but she gonna be looking good so maybe you want to <laughs> close your eyes while she's talking like if that's gonna make you feel condemned i'm just saying i'm no. this is a safe place you can talk to me because you know when poor his face is beat sometimes that's a stumbling block for me <laughs> and if it's the same for you just, just unfollow her that's what i do <laughs> whatever <laughs> i be harassing portia from both of my accounts <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> both accounts both you like yeah, like you're not cute on one of them and i'll log into right. the other one he's like you're still not cute right you're not we cute over here either <laughs> Oh man, y'all need a friend like Jasmine. I'm telling y'all, I just be I laughing at her. I don't even say nothing. I just be laughing. I'm y'all, like, I told her yesterday because I was feeling so sick. This little boy, mm-hmm. his name is Malcolm James. He's so cute. Poor, she tell people how cute my baby is. He is. He's he got that cute though. He showed nose. He's so cute. I know. So um, he don't like me though because he be making me <laughs> sick. Still, I'm 18 weeks. Um, he's the size of a sweet potato pea. That's cute. Oh my. I know. Um, I called her yesterday. I was like, this child is making me so sick. I was like, Portia, can you just come over? <laughs> I was like, hey, you should come over and help me make dinner. <laughs> look, like I don't live an hour and 45 minutes. Two hours away. Look, I was I, like, Portia, come over. <laughs> I'm 15 minutes away from teaching. I'm like, fam, I ain't going to be able to do that. I was today. like, Portia, just swing by. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay. It was like, what time was it? It was like 6 o'clock. I was like, you could be here by 6.30. Yeah. <laughs> just come on i was like no nah, i can't do it this time but we're gonna pray <laughs> y'all pray because this pray. sweet little pray that's how you know away. <laughs> that's how you know he gonna be cute he got me working overtime i'm telling you i mean i honestly as sick as you've been i was just i really thought that this was a girl like it was I really so different but i honestly girl. think it was because i'm i'm over 30 i really do think so people you um people so? have told me that but mm-hmm. i've had some people say that they they have pregnancies got better and better that's not mm-hmm. been my experience so it makes <laughs> sense to me because i had winnie at 26 and i had poot mm-hmm. at 28 and mm-hmm. jamie i'll be 31 and yeah. everyone felt different but i have gained the least amount of weight with this one because i can't eat <laughs> I'm, people are like you look so good i'm like yeah because i'm starving <laughs> this is heroin chic <laughs> i cannot stand but that's, i think also that's another thing though because like honestly i feel like people have given me so much leeway in my life because i'm pregnant right now 
Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, of course your house is dirty. You're like, you're pregnant. Or like, of course you're because mm-hmm. I'm like, y'all, pregnant is not the only people can people. <sighs> That's what I said. You cannot be pregnant. You cannot be pregnant and still be struggling. I have had, let me just, yes. and Portia, let's just break it down for the people because both of us know what this is like. <laughs> I have had seasons of such crippling depression yes. that cleaning my yes. toilet if I cleaned my toilet, mm-hmm. that was amazing for the day. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. and I think, again, that's another way that we can kind of like idolize motherhood and I like, oh yeah, she's pregnant. Of course, we're going to go easy on her. Y'all don't know what people have going on in their lives. Right. It could be. You don't know so when somebody's, much- my marriage has been struggling at some times and people are mm-hmm. just like coming at me left and right, left and right. Don't have a clue. Right that we're What's limping along in marriage right. or don't have a clue that I'm like fighting with my extended family or don't have a clue. Like mm-hmm. there's just so much that we don't know. And I think that like, I'd notice myself getting a lot of grace right now with y'all don't stop giving me grace. Cause I'm sick and I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm not saying don't give me grace. Okay. Cause I need it. I'm saying we all need it. <laughs> right. We all exactly. need it. Because we don't know what's on the other side. And that, that, that's what I, think and I talk to my husband about this all the time just like even our thought processes and like don't assume that you know what's going on or don't um prescribe Mm -hmm. something for somebody else based on your limited thinking like you don't know what's on the other side of that you don't know what it is if you see someone who doesn't look so great oh she's not keeping herself up she needs you don't know what's on the other side of that you don't know as as a person who struggles with chronic illness Mm -hmm. and people look at me all the time and the first thing well you don't look sick well you don't understand i'm in pain right now right you don't know what what does sick look like exactly i got i remember that i have um it was one day where somebody was going off on Facebook, one of my local Facebook friends, and she was mad because she was like, somebody had a handy handicap, like a, a, a mm-hmm. uh, the, the one, not the tag, but the sticker, like the placard yeah. thing that yeah. goes inside the car. And she was like, they're not disabled. I mean, they didn't look sick. And I'm like, you, you don't, don't you don't know that. You don't know if that person maybe has some type of like like that's that's how it is with like fibromyalgia and a lot of like autoimmune diseases and my stuff mom like that. Had, my mom has lupus. Right. And I grew Rheumatoid up with her. arthritis yes. and things like that. And so on the outside they may look perfectly fine but they could be experiencing a a immense amount of pain that caused it's harder if they have to walk long but again we can't be comparing ourselves to other people maybe you don't look that way when you're prescribing our standards in our heads to other people right people who are you know this is going to be our last baby and i have people like well why like it's so great being pregnant and so and i'm like (laughs) oh sweet darling susie (laughs) (laughs) No, it ain't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not for everybody. It's not. And right. like, I had to make a calculated decision about, you know, Portia, on a scale of one to ten, how much do I love a baby? You love babies a lot. You you would have a there's bazillion so, babies. If there's you so, that. I love a baby. I love mm-hmm. a baby. Mm-hmm. I don't love who I am when I'm pregnant, and I don't love who I am postpartum. My perinatal depression is, I'm just going to be real with you, it's full of mm-hmm. suicidal ideations. Yep. It mm-hmm. is full of darkness. It mm-hmm. is full of sickness. And mm-hmm. I, there are chunks of my life that I just mm-hmm. don't even remember. 
yeah. from being pregnant and postpartum. Right. And that's not the mother that I want to be to my children. Right. And that's a decision that I'm making for myself. Right. That does and not nobody mean... nobody else can prescribe a right. standard on top of that when you've taken into consideration all the dynamics mm-hmm. of your life. Same and with here's, me. Here's what we can't do. I can't look at a mom with eight kids and be like, there's no way that she can be being a good mom to her kids when she's, right. when she's pregnant. Right, because you don't know that. Right. I have no idea. I have no idea what God's doing in her life. I have no mm-hmm. idea the parameters of her life. I have no idea. And similarly, she can't mm-hmm. look at me and mm-hmm. assume that she, no, it's completely different. Again, it's mm-hmm. part of being part of people's lives. I'm not saying that nobody can ever speak into your mm-hmm. life because if I was being selfish... Mm-hmm. about not having more kids this woman that i'm talking to right now would get on my last nerve because she would be mm-hmm. the first person to be like Jas- jasmine okay well <laughs> okay well let's talk about it though like right. why you know and you mm-hmm. need people like that in your life mm-hmm. but not everybody can have that place in your life because not everybody knows you like that they don't know if they're not walking alongside you they don't know and that's the essence too that's why i always tell people with discipleship everybody's always like and this is why when i talk about discipleship and i say okay me and you've had this conversation about discipling our children Mm -hmm. yes there are others that we can disciple but discipleship works best in relationship okay yeah like trying to disciple somebody and you don't really have a relationship you just really a lot of times it's just not gonna you 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 not like it's not well, authentic. Even, like, look just Jesus look at did. Jesus, girl. Exactly. <laughs> See, we already here. Look we at already Jesus. Here. Look at Jesus. Look at Paul. Like mm-hmm. exactly. Paul wrote they, those letters to churches that he had relationships with. Yes, yes, and was and equipping so, leaders in the churches who had even closer relationships. Exactly mm-hmm. to maintain because Paul knew that he couldn't be there all the time. So he teaches, he pours into Timothy, he pours into these other younger ones that are going to, you know, he knows that they're going to continue on. And like, that's the mindset that we have to think about. Mm-hmm. Like as we're walking alongside, if I don't have a relationship enough to know like the details, then I need to be careful about what I'm prescribing. Um, for that person to do or yep. how they need to operate or what the best decision is yep. because you it's like i said there's a limitation there and there and like i said also there is if the i always tell people if the bible has not flat foot said it okay cuz when the bible flat foot says that we can flat foot speak that, right that's it right exactly right. It's, this for everybody but if it's not you got to make sure there's one it and this is another thing it's the bible teacher coming out of me the interpretation out, or the girl. intended uh, message that wants to that God wants to communicate through His Word, that's going to be the same. But the application of that text is going to be different yep. for every person, and this is where we have to be careful in not prescribing our application to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because this is how we think it should be. No, no, no. Yes. The conviction that I've had recently, uh, not recently, really, it's been since when I was 19, I wrote a book. I remember. I know. You ain't going to say the title because you don't want nobody to go. I'm not. They're going to go find it anyway, but like, I'm going to (laughs) make you work for it. Um, And it was all about like being a stay at home daughter, which if you're like, what's a stay at home daughter? I, I know. But like. You know, it was preparing to be a stay-at-home wife and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I wrote it when I was 19. I published it when I was 20. Literally, the month after I published it, I was at this um, pro-life event in Houston. 
And this woman walked up to me and she was like, I help girls who come from abusive backgrounds and are trying to like make ends meet. I also um, rescue girls who are in sex trafficking. I heard that you just wrote a book that's really inspiring for young women. Would this be good for those girls? And I had to be like, no. No. Right. And literally, Mm. like, I'll never forget that feeling. The book had just come out and I was like, oh crap. Like, Mm -hmm. I I didn't even think about girls who weren't like me. Mm -hmm. It it, it didn't cross my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, it crossed my mind like maybe they won't want to stay home so maybe they can like go to college online maybe they can have jobs like you know I'm thinking about like I, mm-hmm. I would never thought about if a girl is in an abusive mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. or it, it, <laughs> and I would imagine there was probably a lot of prescriptive stuff in the book I mean I, I haven't, haven't read it in 10 years um, <laughs> because I don't own a copy but like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure there is Um, But yeah, it's just, it just went to show, you know, and I don't beat myself up for that. Some people want me to beat myself up for it. And I'm like, yo, if you wrote a book when you were 19, I wouldn't beat you up about it. (laughs) This this is a wisdom moment though. God actually gave you something to where you don't have to just talk about the danger of this. You've actually lived through it. I have. I have. He has humbled me and Mm -hmm. it's just shown me like, you know, if your vision of womanhood can't fit all women in all circumstances throughout history, if your vision of womanhood is only for the white 1950s housewife and not for her black maid, then Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. your vision's too narrow. If your vision of womanhood is only for the Victorian stereotype and not for the Victorian lady who's working in a factory for 18 hours a day, then like maybe, maybe your vision is not big enough, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And I, I just think that we like we forget we forget mm-hmm. and it's not just women who can't you know quote unquote live the way that we're prescribing but women who are just not called to live the way that we're prescribing exactly they have I something could, different that I God could has be a given them right. right I could be a stay at home mom mm-hmm. I could I did it mm-hmm. before it was great it wasn't great, actually. I had postpartum <laughs> depression. It was really awful. But the concept was great. Um, mm-hmm. The stay-at-home mommy, that was not the issue. The issue was that I was really depressed. But right. but, I, but that's not what I do. Like, I work right. from home most of the right. time. And that's just, that's right. what I do. Because I want right. to. Not because right. I have to do it to make ends meet, but just because I want to. Right. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, and I also need to be willing to, if it comes to a moment where that's no longer a thing that's feasible for me and I have too much stuff on my plate... That I have to be able to let stuff go, right? Um, which is which is the, the season that I just went through with scaling oh. back and really figuring out, okay, what does work look like for me now, mm-hmm. and how to balance, and you know, which is a privilege it, it, to be able it, to do. It, it, it is, and I think that we need to like remember that too. It's a privilege for me to be able to just say all that, all the gobbledygook that I just said is a privilege, right? Because some women don't have options like that, right? And I think understanding, understanding that and when we're teaching and when we're speaking and when we're encouraging is so important Um, because, yeah, like I was even the concept of like a career, like give up your career for your kids. Okay, like, what are you going to say to the woman who lives in a I know that third world country is not a good term anymore. What's the one? Right. That's the one that always comes to my mind, but I know that it's not an appropriate appropriate terminology. But look, I felt that way when I just said handicap. So please forgive me. 
I, yeah, it's really disability. We're, yeah, we're learning. Um, hey, give us some grace. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I need to uh, look up what's what's appropriate now for um, mm-hmm. because I I mean mm-hmm. I understand why that's not appropriate. I, I feel like I have it in like I see the word, but I yeah. cannot get it out. I know. But what, what it about is. a woman who lives in a country that's not as uh, monetarily mm-hmm. prosperous as America? Right. Like the right. idea of like I'm gonna give up my career and stay home with my kids. Like what? Right. What are you talking about? She makes a right. dollar a day. Like what? Are you, like <laughs> career, right? Right. And so that's not to say like I don't want you know I don't feel bad for the fact that I have the blessing of a husband who is able to support us in ways that other husbands are not able to. That's a blessing from mm-hmm. God that I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. But I also realize that it is it is an unearned blessing and not something that I can enforce on other people and not the the center right. of my worldview because right. for most of history the Bible has not been preached right. to people who were right. in my situation. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Y'all forgive me. me. I I, I can't, I don't know the term, but y'all forgive me because I know that, I know that there's a better one. It's a pregnancy brain. Like I said, we we got some grace. grace Because like, what was I doing the other day and you were like, Chad, I was like, I don't know the word. (laughs) It's, oh, it's a lot of days, fam. If we unhissy, be like, it's gone. Between your fibro fog and my pregnancy yeah. brain, uh, we, we are, are just, just like, like charge it to our heads, not man. to our hearts. And we are I'm very open you. to education. So don't even I'm ever feel you. like. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, I think the, the bottom line, I guess, to succinctly sum this up, um, I think the encouragement here is for whatever season you're in, whether you're a mom, whether you're not a mom, whether you're working, whether you're working inside the home or outside the home. Cause I still, I always tell people, I don't like to segment my work. What I do, it's all work to the it's glory of God. It is. What, whatever you're doing, wherever God Which is, by the way, you. how it's always been. I'm sorry. Like before the industrial it, era, that's how it always was anyway. Yes. All of this like work home dichotomy stuff is like very new. Yes. Okay, I'm done being nerd. Okay, go ahead. I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but I think the, the encouragement here is to pray that God will help you to be faithful and to uh, operate in a way that glorifies him wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Even, like I said, whether you're the mom with eight kids or whether you're the woman who you don't have any kids and you're not married mm-hmm. and you just go, you know, go to work and you come home, pray and ask God to help you to be faithful and to bring him glory right where you are. Absolutely. Don't prescribe what don't start making. If anybody who knows me, they know. I, and I, I get on my soapbox about this a lot. I hate generalizations. I hate blanket statements. I hate ascribing, you know, like just making a rule based on a personal experience. And so I think that's what we're saying here is don't try to ascribe uh, or or prescribe Mm -hmm. rules or um, 
processes or things that people should be doing based on your limited experiences. Yeah. You just focus on mind your business. That's really what it is. Stay in your just lane. Focus on doing what and God. Even, even if you're an older woman, because I feel like sometimes older women are, you know, they want to be mm-hmm. times two women and they want to have a word in our yeah. lives. But like mm-hmm. times are so different, baby boo. Like, mm-hmm. There is a whole internet right. industry where women are working from home that did not even exist right. when you were right. staying at home. You know what I'm saying? Right. So even that, right. like, just but realizing that there's so much woman, that we don't know. I think that an older woman who is truly committed to Titus too, or, or what we Titus Tooing, I think that she's even aware of that. Well, and because what she's she actually teaches. in somebody's life and not just trying to give blanket proclamations. Boom. That's what I was going to say. And I think she's aware in the sense that she's going to call you to, to what I just called, to call you to be faithful where you are. You know what I'm saying? To be faithful in what God has given you. And she's not just going to. Like, you know, if you truly embodying Titus too, you're going to provide godly wisdom as you disciple and have an intimate hey, relationship hey, with this young lady. Hey, hey, guess hey. who my Titus too is? Who? You already know who it is. She's the best who? one. I got her. She's mine. Karen Ellis. I knew you were going to say that. I know you knew. She's <laughs> mm-hmm. mine. I bragged everybody. Everybody's like, who is your mm-hmm. mentor? I'm like, <laughs> can't have her. Right. Find your own. <laughs> I stole her from my husband when we got married. <laughs> I was like, mine. Mine, Africa. <laughs> but like, and, get and- yourself one of those who's actually speaking into your life. And I love that my mentor did not get married until she was in until, her 40s. I love right. that my mentor has never born children. I right. love that about her because she loves right. me. She loves my kids. She loves my calling towards mm-hmm. my kids. But mm-hmm. she just, it's, it's, it's not central to her life in a way that mm-hmm. um, unseats the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so even having a diversity of older women in your life is yep. so important because there's also good things to be said for mentors who are like, this is how I learned to juggle my kids when I was your age. That's great too. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that we need such a diversity of voices speaking into our lives. I, and, and I totally agree. Cause I'm, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking of two of my mentors. Um, one has never born children older. Um, the other has, uh, three children, um, homeschooled, but how they're able to disciple and to speak into my life. Like it's still, it's never these prescriptive blanket things. It's, it's like, it's all based on our relationship. It's all based on like the things they're the people that I can go to and be specific about something that I'm, I may need wisdom on. And because they know the details of my life, because they walk alongside me, then they can speak in, you know, in a meaningful way, but also in a very personal, personalized, like, customized way for yeah. me you know and so uh it's just yeah good. paul knew timothy yeah. he wasn't just he like did. hey he did. hey stranger yeah let me he tell did. you he all had, about right you know there's 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 truths that are timeless right that we can right. teach and we can proclaim mm-hmm. but when it comes to discipleship that knowing piece is just such a gift yeah. from god and such mm-hmm. a thing that jesus modeled with his disciples right agreed agreed so Get in relationship with somebody. Emmy just came in, so I guess that's our cue. That is our cue, girl. uh, Yeah, we have exciting stuff coming up. We have guests coming up. We do. We're going to be talking about um, Carl and Ebony coming up. I'm going to see if we can get Karen on here, but some other people too.
Okay. Um, our first special guest is Emmy, apparently. But uh, I think the way that we're going to, well, I won't say, I won't spell out the way we're going to do it because it just depends on me and my sickness. But um, basically, we're going to be having some guests in to kind of fill in the blanks when absolutely um, so when you'll I join Ill. us <laughs> our next episode uh, we're gonna be talking about women's ministry one-on-one and we have planned to have with us miss jennifer lucy tyler hey. all right peace, peace Until and darkness. i'm about to fall out you already know <laughs> bye girl bye <laughs>